Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Midpoint. We're so glad to be back with you on the podcast. And today, Pastor Ben and I are talking about something that's really important uh, to us in church life, really in our following of Christ. And that is this kind of old school world word, testimony, really just means story, our story, the story of what God's done in our lives. And today we're going to touch on a little bit about how that's been critical to the Pentecostal movement, just because that's the team we're on, I suppose. I guess yeah, really we're on. I guess we're really on team we're Jesus. Team. Oh my uh, goodness! But, but we have that flavor, uh, or we're in oh. the league of Jesus. Oh. You know, like you know, the NBA, the NFL, oh. all Jesus believers. Um, but yeah, for us as a Pentecostal church, um, we have some deep connections to this idea and concept of testimony, and then we want to share a few stories and some stuff for ministry. So, um, Ben, do you want to lead off with your thoughts on testimony? Yeah, testimony. And it's funny, um, I've been a part of a number of services where people give testimonies, and the majority of them actually were on mission trips. When people are on mission trips and they're giving their testimony to a group of people, um, but I've uh, seen a number of times where uh, the story, especially when it's a known person in a congregation, and they either have a dramatic change or God does something amazing in their life. And it really, um, I'm trying to think of the word, like solidifies some people in the congregation towards like their belief in Jesus too. Uh, I don't think it's just for that person and that's why we share it. Um, but it's really fun. I think it's like one of the most joyful times is to just hear what God's doing in people's lives. For sure. For sure. And, and, uh, the context, um, for like practicing this really can be anywhere. Like you mentioned mission trip. Some people, you know, we think of services. I think of before and after church here at face city, like yeah. coffee time and stuff or tea or whatever you drink in and chatting with people about what, what God has done. Um, and so it's interesting though, that you mentioned how the word solidify, um, you know, others faith, um, that really is sort of how this became very important within the Pentecostal movement. So 1900, early 1900s, when uh, the Azusa Street Revival started and the Holy Spirit descended and people began to speak in tongues again uh, in, a, in a broad way um, sort of uh, movement, a major part of the spread of Pentecost was that people were talking about it and they were mm-hmm. sharing their stories. Yeah. And this was, um, there was no hierarchy to the Pentecostal movement in those days. And word of mouth was a reminder of how important it is. So the scripture tells us, of course, that um, we overcome by the blood of Christ and and the words of our testimony. Yeah, And that that whole concept, I think, is something that we easily can forget about or that it can easily lay in the background where for us, it really should be kind of at the, not kind of, it really should be at the forefront of what we do. Now that doesn't mean that we have to necessarily every week as an individual be publicizing what <laughs> or even have testimony services or, or whatever. I think it, it, the new expression of that can be, in different ways, like through technology, you know, like even, even like when people are, I don't typically post much on social yeah, media, me but, neither. but lots of people love that. Great. But that's a great opportunity to engage in this idea of testimony. Um, testament is another interesting word. Yeah, testify. Mostly because 
Uh, it used to be mints. Did you ever buy them? Oh, the testaments? Yeah. yeah. I've, I've not bought them, but I've seen them at Christian bookstores. Oh, man. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, those are they were kind of funny, but they didn't really taste very good. Oh, uh, yeah. Classic. Um, we uh, Another area that I think testimony comes in play, and I, I think just for uh, – we've uh, skirted around this, but just for a little further definition, I think some people, when they think about sharing their testimony, they mean, they think like – Oh, my entire story of how I came to know Jesus and where I'm at today. Sure. And those are great, and I love hearing them. But if someone says, hey, like, what's your testimony? That's kind of what we think of. But, like, I don't know if I want to call them micro-testimonies, but or, like, current, present-day testimonies for, like, what's happening this week um, is something that people share in conversation a lot more readily. Well, the other thing that I think, now that you've said testimony a lot— it's a really weird word. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, so this is a good example for us in our societal context to like drill down into what, what is the theological concept? Well, the concept is really speaking of the good things God has done. Maybe that's, that's a yeah. definition. And that speaking part of it, putting it out there, brings glory to God. But the word testimony in our society has a negative context, maybe because it's associated with court of law and like crimes and, yeah. you know, just all that, that sort of thing. So you'll often hear me talk about story. So one of the things that we tried and we're, we are continuing to work on is that concept of our stories here at Faith. And we do that in different ways, different people preaching, different um, stories that we publicize, yeah. uh, etc. And I think that word actually might help us a little bit. Like, you know, what's the story of what God did with you this week? We might not word the question. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that, that helps also with the very long, 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 long testimony of faith that you, <laughs> that you apparently really enjoy here. Yeah. Um, if I, I if I, I have the time, I don't really, I, I don't know that I enjoy here. I like the discussion about what some, what God yeah. has done in people's lives over a long period of time, but yeah, you know. And and I think like um, another area that we actually haven't mentioned uh, that we do have a number of areas that you can get involved is like small groups is the money place to share uh, testimonies that are ongoing. Like at the small group I lead on Tuesday nights, uh, literally every single week we say, hey, how is your week? Like and maybe it's something just like along the lines of like, oh, like what happened or what's God doing right now? Um, so it doesn't even use the word story or testimony, but they're sharing both of those things. Exactly. Uh, and it's been amazing in our group to hear like all of the things that come up. And I think sometimes without the prompting in our discussion, people wouldn't recognize as something God is doing or a way of like actually testifying to him until we like start thinking about it. Uh, but that's what's so interesting because right there you just like pulled apart and demystified if it was mystified <laughs> the concept of what we're talking about, which is really conversation, which is really, again, another word that's maybe misunderstood or not understood fellowship. Like, mm, yeah, it's just hanging out, like, yeah. just, just hanging out and connecting and, and conversing, chatting about God, what he's, what he's up to in our lives. And again, the scripture says we overcome by the word of our testimony. I mean, that is when we start talking about what God has done, I think of it often as a similar concept to in the Psalms, David uses the word magnify a lot. Mm. Magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. Well, what does that even mean? <laughs> well, it literally means to make something bigger. Yeah. 
And I think that that is a really great way to understand that concept because whether it's when we're all together in church on Sunday worshiping and we do that a lot through music. So our voices, we're using our voices and all together and you hear someone and you hear the congregation, the rest of the people singing to God, like it does something in your own heart. Mm -hmm. I think it's a similar concept, but almost in some ways more potent that it builds our faith. So in a small group setting, when I was leading a small group, which I miss doing, I led a young adult small group before Ben came. It was one of the sad, only sad thing about Ben coming was that <laughs> I to do that group. Um, but I, I remember like during that time you had, you know, somebody sharing about what God did this week and it was building faith and that helped the person that was coming in this week that was like, I need you guys to pray for me because I'm going through this, you know, whatever the situation might be. And I think the other aspect of it is that it reminds us of that human side to this relationship with Christ. Like sometimes we can get so into the miracles and it always has to be like a, you know, a big healing, yeah, which is amazing because God does that. Yes. But I think it's really important to talk about how he is at work in our lives in all sorts of different ways. Yeah. And, uh, and getting into the habit, whether it's in our relationships or joining a small group or whatever, of talking about that, I think is pretty important. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think like along that point or to further on it, the consistency of relationship really helps to reinforce some of the testimony. Cause like, for example, our group, we pray together at the end and sometimes people bring a praise report we don't call it praise report, really, but uh, they bring something that happened through our prayer that we prayed about three weeks ago in our group. And it something happened and God worked and they want to uh, Paul is hysterically laughing at me calling it a praise report. I'm dying just because Ben is the one who will help us, you know, get that language to the place that maybe everybody kind of latches on and understands. But praise report, that's, that's a, that yeah. really like I would have said praise report probably, yeah. and then you would have been like all cringy about it. But uh, I don't know that one. I like they're just bringing bringing me the good news. So, um, but yeah, I think when we get in these uh, consistency consistent groups or maybe you have a consistent friend that you check in with um that you're like hey how's this going in your relationship oh we prayed about this together uh there's something built up in the consistency that also helps to i think be part of that magnification and also maybe start pinpointing prayer a little more heavily i think you're right and i think that we just make it hard like (laughs) like just even in the, the explanation of what you're saying which is all correct like the consistency of what we're doing in it it's just having friendships with people. Yeah. And then in the context of our relationships that already exist, saying like, man, I was going to do this last week and then this thing worked out and I prayed about it and I really felt like I got an answer. The challenge for us, I think, is that we don't, like it's it's hard to just overcome that little hump of, am I going to be really weird right now talking to my friend at work about this? Probably, but just getting over that. Yeah. Or, or that social barrier within church life too. Like if we're not plugged into a small group, which is a really great reason for anybody listening, if you're not in a group or you don't have a consistent group of Christian friends, it's really important to get into a group because it helps pull us out of that and, and get used to sharing, which I think um, is really important. And another aspect of this would be the discipleship that takes place. So, you know, I think for parents, again, 
really important. Yeah, to I was going to mention what families. God, what God yeah. is doing, right? And and it then helps our children understand and have a framework for it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, like an easy starting point is if you have a significant other, and or you have a significant other and kids, or maybe a really close friend. If none of those apply, like just sharing a little bit with them, someone who's safe, and being like. It's not just so everyone knows. It's not bragging to be like, "Hey, God, this did this really, really cool thing in my life." When it's one of your friends and your brothers or sisters in Christ, it's called celebrating. Like Romans, mourn with those who mourn is one of the things, and we are all about doing that. But the other verse is rejoice with those who rejoice. And if we're too worried that we're bragging that God did something good in our lives, we're gonna miss out on testif- testimony, testifying, <laughs> testify. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Though I think you're, I think what you're saying there is, is right. So then pulling it into, uh, you know, application, like for our lives and how, how does, how does this play? We've touched on, you know, the relationship side, but, but do you've got, do you have a story, Ben, of, of how you've seen either this concept in your own life or as, as you've been pastoring, um, how that, do you have a testimony about Testimony. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, this one, this will be fit right in with talking about some of the historical context, probably with the Pentecostal movement, uh, specifically with like miraculous occurrences. Uh, I worked at a coffee shop and uh, it was just me and a dishwasher and one other girl left uh, finishing up to close up. And this girl fell uh, with a whole stack of glasses in her hand. Uh, slammed her hand on top of glass. And this is a little graphic, sorry. Uh, There was blood that shot all the way across the room uh, out of her hand. And I was like, oh no, I'm like freaking out. So I like get her a a paper towel, put it on her hand. She's like turning white or gray kind of color. And I go over to her and I say, hey, can I pray for you? And she was a believer, uh, which is the only other one in the whole uh, cafe. And uh, I prayed for her and then the ambulance came and all it was was a little slice on her pinky, uh, on her right hand pinky that had like a tiny cut and a little piece of glass stuck in it. So uh, now the testimony part, I got to share that at church, uh, which was really cool. But even maybe even cooler, probably cooler, was the fact that uh, her mom and her sister told me that she had been telling all her friends about getting prayed for and and the fact that all it was was this little cut and she was like showing off like look this is all it was and bloodshot across the room and uh so it was it's so amazing to see the way that god doing something in someone's life and then they get to share it with their friends who are christians or non-christians totally totally and it just builds faith in everybody um and it also causes people to ask questions yeah which which is really, really amazing. I think the other powerful thing about that is that it levels the playing field as well. Like it reminds us how inclusive the gospel is, how inc- like this is God isn't, um, how's it worded, no, a respecter of persons, like in terms of, well, you're different and you're different, so I'm going to treat you one way and treat someone else another. Yeah. I think when we talk about these things, it reminds us that he's up to something in all of our lives. Um, yeah. That's, that's a good story, man. Yeah, thanks. And and I think, like, obviously it's funny, like we talked about, like, it doesn't have to be the miraculous. And that one felt a little more miraculous. Um, but I even questioned it after, and I felt like God was like, don't question what I'm going to do. And sometimes the case for a testimony might be it's a lot more subtle movement or change. 
uh, and we're scared there. We're like, oh, that was just like creating good habits. And that's like and like I think God works in some of that uh, just as much or more. So um, if it's anything from like someone getting healed from cancer all the way to, hey, some lifestyle changes in my life. And now I'm like more able to have a better work-life balance and dedicate some time to Jesus and my family. Like those are all testimonies that I think are worth sharing with people. I think that they are. And because we're so hesitant, I think we end up holding one another back. Yes. And that, that really is a a tactic of um, darkness in the sense of warring against the principalities and powers of, of the air, like, or just our tendencies or, or whatever to, to withhold, you know, and, and not to, to share. I think also at times maybe we take for granted, um, the audience that we can share with, you know, so, uh, people have said, it's not just one person, but many leaders over time in different ways have talked about preparation before opportunity rather than preparation for an opportunity. And I think even with this idea of story and testimony, you know, we maybe, maybe you'd be more apt then to, to get your story ready if you were preaching, you know, but in absence of that opportunity to be up in front of people and preach, are you, I'm using you as an example, but, yeah. you know, sharing a story with Kiana and me and others that like our friends in your life. And I think that's where we, we sometimes can miss it as well. Yeah. I think that too, just about social media. Again, I'm not really on there very much. Because I'm the kind of person, like, if I start reading, like, I just want to read and, like, I'm into it. So probably, like, I've heard of the death scroll. I'd probably be scrolling uh. forever. Um, but, but the point is just, again, like, you know, people want to build their platform and build their audience and these kinds of things. But maybe it's about, like, when you have, like, nobody following you yet. You know, sharing a little bit about what God's done or a handful of people. Like, do we need to wait to that big moment? And I think... I think that we probably can do a better job as pastors of creating those opportunities and moments for people to to engage, like to practice their faith in this way. Because it is weird. Yeah, it is. Right? Like it's, you know, and it's, it's not it's not easy to talk about. It's easy to talk, relate a situation of like, man, we went with Diana and I went and did this last week. Did it. You know, Jesus and I, we had a really good conversation. This yeah. <laughs> it, it feels, it can feel like a little bit weird. So I think while it, is funny because we laugh. <laughs> There's also something real about that barrier that we have to overcome. Yeah. And I think especially if it's with, it's funny because a lot of the times with Christian friends or people that you can trust, uh, if you haven't broached subjects like this, except for maybe like in times of like crisis, you've asked for prayer. Um, that's a little easier. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but as soon as you break, the ice or the seal or whatever wording you want to use on sharing it one time. And then the person's like, Oh, that's really cool. Like, let's pray you get more of that or like whatever they're going to respond to is honestly like being the one to break the ice on this stuff is not easy. And, uh, once you do, you're going to have deeper friendships with those people. Uh, you're going to start to see how God moves in your life, but then you're also going to get to see how God moves in other people's lives. Because when you start sharing with people, people like sharing back, or maybe you could share something that happened and then say, Hey, do you like, what's God been doing? And then they're like, Oh, nothing really. And then they say something really cool that happened this week. Anyways, after you talk for a little while, like you said, it's just conversation. You're not coming in with a prepared, like statement of like, this is my exact way of asking these questions to get to this answer. 
that's not how I approach conversations. Uh, but but when we do start having a little more consistency in those conversations or just having conversations where we're okay with sharing things and asking questions of what God's doing or what's going on in your life, you're going to start to see depth in your relationship with them, with God. And also, I think you're going to start to experience God in different ways because when you hear how God works in other people's lives, it opens up how we see God a little bit more, I think. I think you're right. And I think that leads well to maybe the, the last area to discuss today, but is the idea that testimony within the context of a local church. So, you know, a church like faith or, or whatever church um, helps to decentralize power. Yeah. And, and I think that that is a concept we see in the early part of again, the Pentecostal movement. So uh, I mean, there's all sorts of different stories that, that we could talk about, but there was um, in in uh, early Pentecost, Azusa Street, where revival broke out and where we kind of trace back the roots of this um, new, fresh, per the scriptures in Joel, pouring out of God's spirit. Um, it's interesting because there's lots of, lots of drama and lots of history when these things happen. And I think I might have been sharing with you or someone else recently that uh, William Seymour, who was the leader of the movement at that time, um, God moving in his heart, nondescript person, just, you know, uh, average pastor like any of us or follower of Christ. But one thing started happening and the Holy Spirit started falling and, and people were speaking in tongues and people were experiencing like words of knowledge, like, you know, hearing from God for someone else and, and being right and miracles were happening. Um, and an, an amazing miracle of reconciliation happened in that movement in the very beginning because uh, Seymour was himself African-American. And this was at a time where uh, there was still and continues to be racial challenges today. But back in this time, which is late 1800s, early 1900s, it was so much worse. Yeah. Um, and the coming together of race was one of was one of the most amazing miracles. And they began to write about this. And so they started a newsletter and their newsletter was basically testimonies, like stories of what God was doing. And that is the beginning of how the movement started to spread. Now, the thing I was telling you, I think earlier this week or something else, <laughs> yeah, it was me. kind of funny was like when there was like, it wasn't funny probably at the time, but when there was like disagreements and stuff, <laughs> a couple of people left Seymour, but stole his subscription list. So he couldn't like get his newsletter out and whatever. And they took the, they took the subscription and started uh, the list and started broadcasting to that list themselves. You know, just interesting because technology was so different. But the whole way this spread was that you came to Los Angeles, Ben, to visit because you heard about this thing. You went there, you got filled with the spirit and you went home and started talking about it. And through that, like so miraculous, how quickly and how fast this, this stream of Christianity spread and continues today. So the, the numbers I was looking at, I was reading this book about the history of Pentecost, but in 1995, when that book was published, the estimates were that over half a billion people around the world would now be in this stream of um, full gospel, like believing in the baptism of the Holy Spirit side of Christianity, which now we're, you know, nearly 20 years later from that. But all of it goes back to in terms of spread, uh, testimony, storytelling. Yeah. And, and I think that it's such a helpful reminder for us because, um, in that day, people did look at these holy rollers and they were viewed as very strange. And I mean, even in our own church, Faith City Church, 
we trace our history back to um, the late 20s. And so by the time things kind of migrated up here, you know, there still was a very, you know, downward cast look Mm -hmm. towards these people. So overcoming, you know, that little, you know, that barrier of, oh, people are going to think I'm strange. That's not, that's not anything new. And I think um, it's important that we get to that place of seeing why it's important to do so. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And I think the reality of the awkwardness is it's more in your head. For sure. Do you find that? I do. <laughs> I do. I, and I think it's like anything, the more that it becomes part of your life, the less the less awkward it is. I mean, here's something that you might relate to because Ben's, for those of you guys who know, Ben, pretty active guy and uh, actually very active, um, especially compared to me. <laughs> so what's interesting though is like in, in, in times of my life where I've been more active, um, there is that overcoming awkwardness of, oh man, I'm out of shape. And whatever it is that you might choose to do or I might choose to do, swimming for me was a thing for a while, really enjoyed it. But like getting over the hump of like, okay, just like, I'm going to go do this Yeah, is, is hard. I don't know if anybody else can relate to that, but in my mind, but then as I began to like get in the habit of going for a swim or, you know, getting up early to do it or whatever, whatever the challenges are, the barriers, as I began to like do it more, then it just becomes part of who we are. And I think that's the thing that's interesting about all of the practice of our faith, that if we approach it that way, we can overcome and, and get beyond it. So whether it's baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, or for some of us worship, like worshiping together in church, some people like really struggle to sing because maybe they feel like they're not a good singer or they hear their voice and they don't like that. And, and so any of these things, giving, generosity, so giving up our finances can feel like really strange or whatever in the beginning. But as you get into the practice of it, I think that's where all of us as humans, like that is a really common shared yeah. place. Um, and I think in every aspect of faith, we run into that. Yeah. And I, and I think like as some, like we were, our profession is to ask people how they're doing with their relationship with God. It's still hard sometimes, at least for me. I don't want to speak for Paul. He's nodding. He agrees. Like this isn't something that you're like, Oh, I'm just so bad because I've never asked someone or I've not done this very frequently. It still can be hard or awkward sometimes. Or maybe you're like thinking like, oh, I'd love to fit this in. Don't force it. Just have conversations. Ask how people are doing and um, share with what God's doing in your life. Totally. So this week, you know, our encouragement to you, uh, wherever you are listening, uh, is get into a small group. Um, that's yeah. one thing I would say, first off, particularly if you don't have like a group of friends that you regularly are connecting with around and about the things of God, I think is really an important step to take. And so pray about that. And my prayer today is that the Lord would be pushing you in that direction because it's, it's something that will help you and help others. Also, just think of a way this week that you can share your testimony. I'm using quotes in the air, but that you can share your story or just share a little bit about what God has done in your life, maybe with some friends or family or whomever, your pastor. Um, share what God is doing. And of course, we always love to say that we'd love to hear from you here. So feel free to message us or be in touch with us uh, through social media or by email, office at faithhalifax.org. And we look forward to hearing some of your testimonies. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Thanks, everybody, for listening.